Hello, and welcome to Travel Along. I'm your host, Laura Lisensky, and in this episode, we are going to the island of Koh Tao in Thailand. There will be boats and storms, tropical fish, too many hills, and I'll also take you along on the two overnight train journeys while in Thailand. A wonderful way to travel and a great way to see the country. And as a bonus, I'll review eight types of chips we found in Thailand. So come along with me to Koh Tao. So getting to Koh Tao was quite a thing. We were leaving from Kausok National Park, so we had a little ways to go. There were many, many transfers in between there and this island. Amazingly, we were able to buy one ticket all the way from our hotel to the island. Our hotel figured it out for us, booked it for us. This seemed to be pretty common if you booked through your accommodations. There were like travel agencies or something that would put it all together and make it really easy. So we were picked up by a taxi in the wee hours of the morning. A wonderful woman at the hotel handed us to go coffees as we left. It was fantastic. They took us to a little ticket office where we waited for a bit before boarding a van. At this ticket office, they wrote something on a sticker and stuck it to our front. So we were now labeled like a package to be delivered to the right location. And it's a good thing we were because this was not easy and we did not get lost even a little bit. Everyone just looked at our sticker and pointed us in the right direction. Uh, I believe that it said Kotao, so they knew where we were going. So the van took us to a bus stop owned by the ferry company where we got on a double-decker bus. Of course, we rode on top and right up front because that's how you got to do it. That took us to a ferry, which took us to an island, which took us to another ferry. All right, let's talk about these boats. I did not realize how far away this island is and how harrowing a journey it can be to get here. So that first boat ride, what was that like? <laughs> <laughs> so we're on a speedboat. It sat about 30 people uncomfortably. Um, we were among the last to board and we had two choices of seats. We had the entire back row, which was empty for reasons that became obvious. <laughs> we soon would discover. Or we had two seats at the front that looked comfy, but looked like they might be reserved for somebody who worked on the boat. Yeah. So we chose, we chose the, the back All seats. the way back. <laughs> <laughs> and we had learned from our previous boat that that was a loud place to sit. So that was my main concern. That was not the problem. I I remember thinking this could be a little wet. Yeah. So that's an understatement. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that we were even out of port before the first splash of water hit Laura's face. Yes, it started off as a splash. By the time we were in the middle of the ocean, it was full-on waves coming over the side of the boat onto us. So everybody in the back did a little rearranging. 
everyone smushed over to one side, started sitting on the floor. Um, I just flipped around backwards. So it, I was still getting the full brunt of the waves, but at least they were on my back instead of in my face. Yeah, so we got off of that boat thoroughly, thoroughly drenched. About an hour and a half later, Yeah, I would say. Real, real wet. And we were also very concerned about our things. Like, we would drive, but our electronics and bags were not properly packed since we were not expecting to be fully submerged underwater. (laughs) (laughs) On a boat. (laughs) Which we had paid for. (laughs) Uh, but it worked out, so that was um, dramatic, and we thought, well, the worst is over, <laughs> <laughs> which was incorrect. Um, so then we walked over, they directed us to, uh, we ended out on, what was the name of this? Fangna. Uh, Fangna was, was the name of this island that we transferred boats. It's just a little bit south of Koh Tao. And so, yeah, we waited around for a while for the second boat. This one was a much larger catamaran. It was a catamaran. It had three levels. The bottom level was air-conditioned, to my dismay, since I was thoroughly soaked. <laughs> <laughs> but would have been lovely had I not been thoroughly soaked. Arctically air-conditioned. Yeah. And just full, full of seats. I don't know, 100, 200 people on that bottom level alone. Um, and the upper levels were smaller than that, but three levels of boat. So we went for the bottom level. And hoping that we would not get soaked again. Right. Because we could see the thunderheads coming in. It was a very stormy day and we'd already been soaked. And so we thought, well, let's sit on the bottom level where we know we won't get drenched. I still think that was the correct choice. In seawater. <laughs> yes. Okay, so it was a little bumpy to begin with. The first thing I noticed was the guy whose job it was to walk around and hand out plastic bags to people who were feeling seasick. And a large number of people were taking those bags already. And yeah, it was incredibly bumpy and sideways and up and down. And you couldn't even, the windows, you couldn't really see out them. Partly because they were underwater half the time and partly because they were just tinted. But like, I couldn't even keep an eye on the horizon. I don't know how you were doing back there. I was imagining a horizon for about half the journey. And that seemed to work out okay because I do get seasick. Yeah, there was really nowhere to look. I was having trouble with that. Mm -hmm. I don't get super seasick, but I don't not get seasick. Yeah. Um... The guy next to me emptied an entire sleeve of Pringles. <laughs> so that he could... Pizza-flavored Pringles To have the, the container? No. No, just to eat them. fine. The guy next to me was reading his Kindle the entire time, <laughs> and everyone around was glaring at him. <laughs> it was ridiculous. Uh, so I don't know how many of you have been on a large boat with someone who is seasick, but there is a popcorn effect that happens when one person is sick. People around them tend to get sick. And so about half an hour into the journey when the rollers came in, there was a 
popcorning of people being sick yeah all like around. dozens and we could not get up we could not move around there was nowhere to go yeah it was cheek by jowl people it was so bumpy you didn't dare to stand and up and one in every three was yeah somebody in every row into a bag <laughs> yeah it was a uh, it was kind of cool though because everybody was helping passing around bags uh, they would bring around the the whole infrastructure around helping sick people here was astounding. They would come around with fans to fan you. The guy had a roll of toilet paper. He'd bring you to wipe afterwards. Um, it was almost sweet if it wasn't so nasty. <laughs> it was absolutely disgusting. Dignified. Ugh, and we must have gotten started late because all I could do was watch the time and I knew we were supposed to get there at 2.15 and I was just waiting for 2.15 and we didn't get there till at least 2.30 and those last 15 minutes were long. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so that was rough. Um, and now we're on the island <laughs> and I'm afraid to get back on a boat. We're going a different direction this time, north to Chumphone. Mm-hmm. We don't know what kind of ferry we'll be on. Yeah. But we will be packing in a more waterproof fashion. Yeah. I still have some vomit bags from the way here, <laughs> so I'll have those handy. We, we will be better prepared emotionally at the very least. <laughs> if we can get off of this island, because it's been stormy and they canceled some of the ferries yesterday. So we do at least have a ticket for tomorrow and hopefully that will happen. Got this. Yeah. Okay. And that has been our boat adventure so far. The dock in Kotao was fairly chaotic. Super crowded and they funneled you through one place because you had to pay a fee to be on the island. It wasn't very much, but it took a long time to get everybody through it. And then there was just so many people from different hotels holding signs, trying to find people. One of them was ours, and we climbed into the back of our pickup truck taxi. We were staying at the Viewpoint Resort, which was lovely, had a nice restaurant, and we were not sad to just hang out there for the evening. There are so many islands in Thailand, it seems like you should go to one. So I did a lot of research trying to figure out which island to go to. So we've got ones on the west coast, like Phuket. We've got ones on the east coast. Um, and then I just did some research on the type of island I wanted to go to. There is a spectrum from Party Island. They have these full moon parties that sound absolutely insane to totally off the beaten track. I wanted something that was not a party island, but wouldn't be too hard to get to, had some infrastructure. 
So I settled on Koh Tao, which is famous for scuba diving and snorkeling. If you are interested in getting certified in scuba diving, this is one of the most popular places in the world to do it. It's cheap and lots of good options. The island is relatively small and relaxed, and yet there's plenty of restaurants and things to occupy your time. After having been there, I would say the only drawback is how far it is. When you look at a map, it's actually pretty far out there. And there are other islands that don't require such a long journey. That said, it is the rainy season, and I think we got some unusually stormy weather while we were there. So if you're looking at a map of Koh Tao, you arrive at the pier, which is on the west coast of the island. There is a little party scene on the island, and you'll find that north of the pier, Sairi Beach is the most popular beach on the island, and that's where a lot of the hostels and bars are. If you want a little quieter place to stay, there are resorts all around the island. A lot of nice places are on the southern end of the island. That's where we were at Viewpoint Resort. And there's a road that connects the west side and the south side of the island. And kind of in the middle of that road, you'll find a little cluster of restaurants and places to go as well. By this time, we had been in Thailand for almost three weeks and we were ready for some non-Thai food sometimes. So we had a nice sushi meal, a wood-fired pizza place that looked good. The thing you're supposed to eat on the island, which we never found a chance to do, are these street pancakes. They look more like a, a big crepe. So check those out. We did see a little place you could get them right by the pier. So the first thing we noticed once we got in the back of the truck and started our ride to our hotel was how very hilly this little island is. We were holding on pretty tightly in the back of that pickup truck. So when I was planning and looking at Google Maps and seeing short distances, I thought it was a lot more walkable than it was. We did one day decide to go ahead and walk into that center part of the island where we got that sushi. I was glad we did it once and we didn't need to do it again because it was very, very steep all the way up and then all the way down. Uh, but it was a beautiful walk, beautiful views. There is a lot of good hiking to be done on the island as well. So as we were walking along, burning up our quads, watching for cars coming around corners, we stopped at this interesting point. So one thing that is amazing about Thailand is the power lines on power lines on power lines. And here we can actually hear the electricity standing under the power lines. So you can walk, but it's difficult. Uh, there was not grab on the island, so you had to actually use taxis. A lot of people rent motorbikes on the island as well. Not knowing how to drive one, I wasn't quite ready to do that, but it did look like the best way to do it if you could, if you're comfortable driving a motorbike. So uh, it took us a couple of days to figure out the best way to do taxis. You can, um, you can get a phone number for taxis and you can call them. They'll pick you up. Or we managed to just walk into shops or if we ate at a restaurant after we were done, we would ask them to call a taxi for us. That worked pretty well. But we soon learned that if we just called our hotel, they would send us a taxi and it would be a fair price 
when we had the shop call one, we had to bargain pretty hard and still overpaid. It would just automatically be a fair price and add it to our tab. So we didn't even have to worry about having change and bargaining and all of that. If you have a hotel that works with a cab company, that is definitely the easiest way to do it. So this island is known for diving and snorkeling. So of course I wanted to go snorkeling while we were there. So I was trying to do a snorkeling tour. There's tons of places that do the exact same tour that go to five or six different sites, take you around on a boat and you can snorkel. Good morning. It's another windy, rainy, stormy day on Koh Tao. We have tried to go on a snorkeling tour for the last two days, um, but it's been canceled because it's too stormy out. Um, so instead, we are going to try to just head by car to a little cove that seems fairly protected and has good snorkeling and just check it out there if it feels safe once we get there. I highly recommend going where we went. If you don't need five snorkeling sites and an entire day of snorkeling, I recommend Tanote Bay, T-A-N-O-T-E. That's on the eastern side of the island. It is um, very sheltered. So even on a kind of windy day, it was, it was not choppy at all. And the snorkeling starts like steps into the water. It's right there. So you can do it very shallow. You can go deeper. It was outstanding. Now I haven't snorkeled a lot in my life, but this is definitely one of the most amazing places I've snorkeled. There were dozens and dozens of different kinds of fish, tropical fish, all colorful. The parrot fish were my favorite thing that I saw. I figured out what they were. Um, they were about a foot long and these beautiful pastel rainbow colors. And the most interesting thing about them is they, they chew on the reef. And so when you were underwater, you could hear this scratching sound of parrotfish chewing on the reef. It was very strange. Um, you did have to be careful with it so shallow. I saw a lot of people get a little scraped up on the coral. You have to watch out for that. But it was such a beautiful sight. Real easy to get there on a taxi. Very worthwhile. So after we had had enough of the water, there was a little restaurant right there that we went to. Had a Mai Tai. There was a couple little resorts right here on this bay. I think that would be a pretty fantastic place to stay. And then we had a more unexpected wildlife encounter. And as we were sitting there, we saw this wasp come and grab this little caterpillar and an epic battle ensued. Just eat him. Yeah. 
Yeah. Which could be the case, but... Oh my god, what a struggle. I would not like to be involved in that. I don't know if you choose This is a brainwashing thing. You're not going in my bag. No. Okay, so this truly was an epic battle that lasted for like five or ten minutes. As you could probably hear, it was hard to watch. We got a lot of good pictures and videos. So later we were able to identify this thing as I believe the species is Rinchium quincusinctum, but it's a type of potter wasp. They're called potter wasps because they make little mud nests uh, that look like tiny little clay pots. There's not much information about this specific species, but other potter wasps get caterpillars or beetle larvae and they sting it to paralyze it. Then they put it inside their nest from one to 12 caterpillars are put inside a single nest with one single egg and then sealed up. These poor caterpillars are paralyzed but not dead and the egg will emerge and feed on these caterpillars. So we were not wrong that there was something dark going on beyond just this wasp trying to kill this caterpillar. Pretty crazy stuff. And we saw it ourselves while sipping our tropical drinks in fear. After pouring one out for our caterpillar friends, we successfully made it back to our hotel. And we had a chill final evening on the island. Here comes the sound of a Chang opening. How big of a Chang? A very large Chang that you just remembered is in your refrigerator and must be drank before you check out tomorrow. And that was it for Koh Tao. Stay tuned for train adventures. We packed up and checked out and made our way to the pier. A little bit terrified of the not quite return journey because we were headed to a different point on the mainland. But based on our prior ferry experience, we weren't that excited. It turned out to be completely fine. We were headed this time to Chungfon, where we were going to catch a train. So this time the ferry ride was so easy. It was a, a another catamaran, but huge, very uncrowded, and not at all choppy. It was completely fine. I do recommend that you get to the ferry terminal with plenty of time. We already had tickets. We had reservations, but we still needed to stand in line and get an actual ticket. Uh, and it took a really long time. We got there like two hours early and we would have missed our ferry had our ferry not been delayed. So it worked out fine for us. And then we got to Chumfon for our epic overnight train journey.
we did two overnight train journeys while in Thailand. I do love me an overnight train. We did from Bangkok up north to Chiang Mai. And then we did Chumphon back up north to Bangkok. There are various classes you can go. So to get an actual bed, you have to do either first class or second class. We did one of each. First class gives you privacy. You have your own little cabin with two beds in it. So if privacy is important to you, that's worth it. But it's quite a bit more. And honestly, second class was really just as good and a fair amount cheaper than first class. So I would actually recommend second class. So when you get on the train, the attendants are hurriedly switching from daytime train to nighttime train. It's really amazing how these like seats like fold down. I was totally confused when I saw the seats, how this was going to turn into a bed. Thankfully, they help you with that. The seats fold down and click into place and something comes down from above to make the upper bunk. The lower bunk is definitely way nicer than the upper bunk. If you have two people, you are going to be hanging out in the lower bunk until you go to sleep. The lower bunk has the windows. The upper bunk, you don't have much headroom at all. It's a little bit claustrophobic. But both of them, you have curtains you can draw. You have a little light in there. A surprising amount of privacy, really. I could have just sat there all night just watching the scenery go by, feeling the rocking of the train. I love it. Well, I guess I did almost sit there all night doing that. So right before we got on this train, we had a fantastic idea. I love salty snacks. I love unique flavors of chips. And so before we got on the train, we went to the 7-Eleven. Side note, 7-Elevens are ubiquitous in Thailand. The first time I saw one, I laughed. And then I looked down the street and I saw another one. And then I saw another one. They are all over the place. The joke was like, I'll meet you in front of the 7-Eleven. To the point where... On super touristy Khaosan Road, they were selling 7-Eleven t-shirts. That's how much 7-Eleven is Thailand. Anyway, we went to the 7-Eleven and just bought all the crazy flavors of chips so we could do a taste test. So I have here the results for you. All right, in eighth place, the nasty ones. There were these mixed popcorn potato chips. So they weren't actually popcorn, but they were supposed to taste like popcorn. And there were caramel, these were ruffles, by the way. There were caramel popcorn ones and cheese popcorn and buttered popcorn ones. I thought this would be great because I love mixed popcorn. I stand by the fact that this was not a bad idea. Simply the execution was bad because they tasted distinctly like corn corn, not popcorn. They were too corny. Anyway, they were super gross. I did not even finish the bag. In seventh place, we had the truffle potato chips. These were Lay's. 
I really thought they would be good, uh, but both Lyndall and I agreed that these were not good. They were gross. In fifth place, we had the salted egg lays. Uh, just plain tasted weird. In fourth place, now we're getting into things that we liked, the prawn crackers. You may have had something similar like this before. They're not really chips, but like little crispies. Um, shrimp flavored and quite delicious. We enjoyed those. In third place, this turned out to be a reliable snack on this trip. Uh, we had broad beans. So these were like kind of your classic bean shape, like a lima bean or a fava bean um, and roasted and salted. And we happen to have the wasabi flavor. We tried various flavors. They were all good. In second place, we agreed these were truly excellent. The nori lays, um, nori being like the seaweed that you find in sushi, they were really good. A nice light flavor, not overwhelming and very delicious. And finally, in first place, this was a surprising one, hot yai fried chicken. And this was one of those, there were a lot of these in Thailand where it was an entire meal in the bag of chips and you could taste the different things. Hat Yai is a city in Southern Thailand, way down by the border, and they make a certain style of fried chicken. I haven't actually had the real thing, but I love the chips. So it's uh, crispy fried chicken, always served with sticky rice and crispy fried shallots. These chips were phenomenal. I wish I discovered them sooner because I would have eaten them the entire time. Chips and salsa, fresh chips and salsa. Never did a spice taste so sweet. You're bringing me the chips and salsa. My impulse was to look at them and never, never eat. And keep them in an airtight space right behind my face where I can taste them, but they never go away. There's a couple practical things I should mention, like buy your train tickets as far in advance as you can. There are ways to buy them online. We had trouble with the online system, which is typical. So we ended up just going to the train station as soon as we got into the country. You can buy all of the tickets at any train station. They do sell out, first class sells out first, in my experience. Also, the little train station in Chumphon didn't have this, but in Bangkok, there is a place where they can store your bags for you. So like we had to check out of our hotel early and our train wasn't until nighttime. So we were able to leave our bags there. So both train journeys we took were amazing. You just can't beat the romance of a train. Both times I loved just waking up early with the dawn, kind of half asleep, staring out the window, watching the world go by. Coming into Chiang Mai, it was just, we had gotten up into the mountains and hills, passing through little tiny villages. Coming into Bangkok, it was back to the hustle and bustle in the early morning, getting back into the suburbs and the neighborhoods, and I just love it. And then once people start waking up 
and we stop at more stops. People are getting onto the train, trying to sell food. There were definitely lots of breakfast options, although I didn't know what most of them were. We managed to get coffee coming into Chiang Mai, but not the second time going into Bangkok. Excellent journeys. I'll leave you with the train in the rain. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode. I need reviews. Give me reviews on whatever it is you listen to podcasts on. I would greatly appreciate it. Coming up next is the long journey home. We had a 10 hour layover in Seoul and we managed to leave the airport and do some great exploring. So I'll take you along on that. We explored a really fascinating old neighborhood called Insadong that is a center for arts and calligraphy and such things, as well as a kimchi museum and many adventures getting there. We're just listening to the kettle attempting to boil and Laura becoming increasingly agitated, waiting for it to boil so that she can have tea and most importantly, record an unadulterated podcast. (laughs) Right now, it's adulterating our conversation. Thanks for traveling along with me.